The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Uh, thank you for your warm welcome. Um, when I was standing back there getting the control, we like control, um, I could feel uh, the warmth of the Holy Spirit here. I, I really could. It's so refreshing for me to be here in an academic setting uh, where God is honored, where the word of God is shared freely, um, and where the folks who uh, provided the music and the worship time for us this morning um, took probably the first half of my uh, sharing with you this morning. So I'm thankful for that because uh, you all get out at 12, right? Is that right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Thought a little shot of adrenaline would, you know, help to keep us awake in case you feel otherwise. <laughs> and yes, Nate is right. I am a lifelong New Yorker. Um, <laughs> I have been to some uh, conferences with friends, mind you, who um, have asked for translation. Uh, so I'm hoping that that's not you <laughs> this morning. Uh, what I'd like to do is to uh, share a real simple verse, so I guess the possibility exists we might get out even a little early. I don't know if that, is that allowed? I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> In any case, I'm so, I'm so thankful to be here. It's an honor to be able to uh, speak with you and share, this, uh, share with you this morning. So how many of you, like me, are tired of the uh, President's Day sale ads by now? Anybody? Yeah, or the ads that I seem to get every day on my phone. Your warranty is expired. Your car warranty is expired, right? Anybody? Yes. Okay, all of these, um, some of them even with a little countdown clock, right? They show up and there's a little, in two hours, this sale will be over, so shop now. Uh, all of these are designed to create some urgency on our part, yes? Um, and it, it causes me sometimes to uh, question myself and say, okay, what's really urgent about this? And what are the things that I really should feel uh, a sense of urgency about? Um, I was reminded a couple of weeks ago when um, I was listening to a sermon on uh, the book of Second Timothy, sort of an overview and uh, came across uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, uh, which is where I'd like to start. Oh, there we go. Okay, thank you for helping me with that. Um, this morning, uh, and this verse was something I thought I would share with you today, um, mostly because it's a verse that's really been special to me. It's special to me because it was the verse that my grandfather underlined in my very first Bible that... Uh, he gifted me with. Uh, it was special not only because it was a gift from him, but because it was a gift from him. This was a man whose life was radically transformed by the gospel uh, when he was already an adult. He, he did not walk with the Lord early in his life, um, was saved at a street meeting uh, in Brooklyn. And uh, as I came across that verse a couple of weeks ago, it was just like an aha moment for me. It was a, oh, this is what he wanted for me. And I'm so thankful that he had 
that vision. He didn't uh, live long enough for me to be able to really have seriously serious adult conversations with him about it. Uh, but uh, that aha moment was something I, th I thought I would share with you today. This is a verse that you probably already have memorized. Anybody here spend time in a Wana club? Oh, yeah, okay. I knew we had... And so this is the verse that you probably, one of the verses that you probably memorized. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Some versions will say, do your best. I looked at do your best and I thought, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that that's a strong enough urgency. Uh, the original words uh, have a sense of urgency to them beyond do your best or be uh, diligent. Um, be eager or zealous to do this. Um, let me ask you a question. What are you zealous about? What are the things that take up most of your time? Uh, if you're like me and you're fortunate enough to have a smartwatch, on some days I don't think it's so fortunate because it pings me all the time with little reminders. But um, yeah, one of the reminders is, and it just happens to come every Sunday morning. I don't know what, what yours does, but every Sunday morning mine says, you spent this much time on the internet this week. You spent this much time online this week. Uh, yeah, and that's a representation of, I guess, some things that are important to me. Um, so I thought it would be helpful for us to unpack the verse a little bit. I'm hoping it'll be helpful for you. Um, so do I have to point this at anything? Here we go. All right. This is Paul's instruction to Timothy. At the time Paul wrote this letter, he was in prison. Uh, a lot of his former friends had deserted him. He had a sense that his time on earth was short. Uh, Timothy had been left in charge of the church at Ephesus. And Paul is kind of in 2 Timothy giving his instructions for what would be important for Timothy. What were the most important things? If you can think about you know, what you would want to say to people at the end of your life. People who you knew were you were leaving in charge of an important work. Um, this is one of the things that Paul says to, to Timothy. Um, be diligent or eager or zealous to present yourself to God. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that the worship folks uh, just about covered everything here, so I'm thankful for that. Um, because, And I'm thankful to be able to talk to you about this because you already have a sense of presenting yourself uh, to God. Um, one of the uh, things that I've read recently, I'm trying to uh, do the read through the Bible in a year. Um, how many of you like me have tried to do that? And yeah, okay, I'm a, I won't make you raise your hand if you actually accomplished it or not, uh, which is why I'm still trying. But um, presenting yourself to God, the most recent chapters, there were some from Exodus, and very detailed instructions about the offerings that people were supposed to make. They couldn't just bring anything to God. There were very you know, specific things that they were supposed to bring and very specific ways that they were supposed to offer them. Um, and the sense in this verse of presenting ourselves to God is not the sense of um, presenting yourself to somebody else like Nate introduced me, so in a way he was presenting me to you. Um, or in this worst sense of being called into the principal's office or the dean's office here, you know, presenting yourself, you will present yourself to the dean at such and such a time. That sort of has a different feeling to it. Uh, 
This is the sense of presenting an offering, the same sense that we get from um, Romans 12.1, where Paul talks to the believers there, uh, asking them to present themselves as a living sacrifice. So this is, this is our offering. And we know that um, God doesn't require us to bring the same kind of offerings that were in the Old Testament. He does ask us to bring the one that's probably the hardest for us to bring, to offer ourselves to him as our means of worship and praise. That's not to you know, downgrade uh, the use of music in worship or just worshiping as you're out maybe on a walk in God's creation and thankful for what you're seeing there, uh, thanking God as an act of worship, but presenting ourselves. And Paul asks Timothy here to present himself um, in a very specific way, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and thank you again, worship team, uh, because in, as part of the worship and as part of your praying this morning, uh, you hit the nail on the head in terms of why, uh, but this has a sense of act now. Now is the time to do that. Um, so this, for me, this is, a, this is a mic drop moment. This is a no-brainer moment. This is what God has done for us. He made Jesus to be sin, who had no sin, the holy son of God. In addition to experiencing a brutal death on the cross, in addition to experiencing uh, the persecution that he experienced during his ministry um, and the mocking that he experienced, he bore the weight of our sins. I, that's something that's you know, beyond my ability to wrap my head around. Um, and he did that because we had sin, because I have sin, so that I could have Christ's righteousness. If that's not a reason to offer ourselves um, to God, I'm not sure what is. As a demonstration of God's love and in response to God's love, we recently um, passed Valentine's Day. How many of you presented a gift to somebody that you love? Yes, a lot of us did. Okay. And usually when you do that, you try to make it a gift that's really special. Maybe it's something that really costs you something. Not a good enough for who it's for kind of gift. Okay. But a gift that was special that you really wanted to speak to them about your care for them, about your love for them. And that's what God does for us in asking us to present ourselves as an offering. Um, not our stuff, not even necessarily our time, but ourselves, which will include our time, but ourselves. Um, yeah. Okay. People in the back, I need your help. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I am not a digital native. That's my excuse for today. Okay. In saving us, in showing us his love in this way, in, in showing us his mercy and his pure grace to us, um, God calls us to a holy life. That's what's involved 
part of what's involved in offering ourselves to him. The, one of the things I really like about this verse is that it talks about this being before the beginning of time. Now think about that a minute. Before the beginning of time. So before God even created us, knowing that we were going to sin, that kind of blows my mind, that God would create us knowing uh, that we were going to sin, but then preparing the remedy for that, that was going to cost him dearly. Uh, amazing, just amazing. Uh, again, what other reason do we need to offer ourselves to him? So here's the verse I mentioned before. It's our, it's our reasonable response. If we have accepted God's free gift of salvation, part of which was doing away with death. I'm, I'm really glad that that was mentioned in the, in the prayer and in the worship this morning. Think about that. The only, one of the only things that we can't control is death. And we brought it on ourselves. And yet God in his amazing mercy and grace has provided the solution for us, has taken away our sins, canceled our debt, nailed it to the cross so that we could have eternal life and so that we would not have to live under the fear of death anymore. And he did this before the foundation of the world. Um, incredible. So a little challenge for us. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Maybe you've already seen this in one of your classes here. Uh, one way for us to kind of check ourselves and whether we're, how we're doing in offering ourselves is, you know, where do we spend our time? Or what's, okay, you're laughing. You're going to share with me after we're done why, why you're laughing at this. I have a sense that this was presented to you before. Okay. So, yeah, presenting, offering ourselves to God ought, be, ought to be in that top left-hand box in view of God's mercy to us. Now, I had to put schoolwork due tomorrow because, well, you know, I'm a teacher. So I, I sort of had to say that. Uh, and you can see for yourselves the things that are in the other boxes. But seriously, one way we can tell what we value is to look in your checkbook or look at your bank account and see where your money's going and or uh, listen to your smartwatch and see where your time's going. Okay? It's one way to see. Um, how urgent we are about offering ourselves. So prioritizing and managing the resources that God has given to us. Ourselves is a, a resource, ourself is a resource. Um, and at some point, asking ourselves the question from Isaiah 55, why are we spending our time and money on things that don't satisfy? Now that doesn't mean that God doesn't, God gives us all things freely to enjoy, okay? That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, go out and enjoy a pizza tonight. It does mean that we sometimes need to take a, take a uh, check on who you are and where we're spending our time. Uh, what's, what are our priorities? And then Paul calls on Timothy to present himself as an approved worker. So that offering 
um, has some descriptors to it, not the same kind of descriptors that I talked to you about uh, that God told the Israelites in the Old Testament, but an approved worker. I purposely chose this picture because there's lots of different kind of workers here. We know that God gives us different gifts. He sort of packages us in different packages and calls us to different things. Um, God has not called me to full-time ministry uh, except on the campus uh, as a missionary to the heathen at Hofstra, um, where I've spent most of my career, not at a Christian college. One of the reasons it's so refreshing to me to be here. Um, But think about the preparation that you're doing now. Um, The word approved here means tested or genuine. Approved by testing. I know testing is a word that we as students really don't like that much. I, know, I get it, okay? That's um, the only way to prove, it's not the only way, but it's one of the ways to prove that we know what we're supposed to know or we can do what we're uh, supposed to be able to do uh, and that we've been proved genuine in our learning. Paul uses earlier in the book, he uses the illustration of the soldier that endures hardship. Um, as a way to describe this for Timothy, or as the athlete who uh, competes according to the rules, and as the hardworking farmer um, who works, you know, from sunup to sundown, basically, hard work, uh, being a farmer. All of that is wrapped up in this idea of the offering that we present of ourselves need to, needs to be a tested and approved, genuine worker, somebody who does the work. One of the uh, sources that I looked at for the meaning of the words uh, just said, one who does. I didn't put it up on the screen because I thought, oh, I, I don't know how, you know, that's going to sound very sensible. But one who does, a person who actually does the work. Are we people who actually do the work of preparing ourselves to be a worthy sacrifice? That's one of the reasons um, that I'm so glad you're here because I know that the education that you're receiving here is preparing you, if you take full advantage of it, to offer yourselves as an approved workman, no matter what field God calls you to. Um, Part of that is uh, somebody who is not afraid to work hard and endure the sacrifices that it takes to be an approved Workmen. Uh, in First Corinthians, Paul tells those folks that they should give themselves fully to the work of the Lord. And the reason is because they know that it's not for nothing. They know that it's not futile. They know that their work is not going to be wasted. They work in sacrificing and working um, in terms of God's work. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with 1 Corinthians, the verses previous to this or prior to this in that chapter have to do with uh, the resurrection, the great truth uh, that God has defeated death for us um, and will raise us um, at the last day. And so that's Paul's reason for telling them to give themselves fully to the work because God has already accomplished so much for us. He's already made his, his adopted children with the full rights and privileges of a child. 
he's already uh, made us his children with an inheritance. I, I can't quite wrap my head around that either. After all that it took uh, God and Jesus to ransom us from the slave market of sin, he chooses to call us his children. Uh, he chooses to give us an inheritance. Paul, in, in um, another of his letters to the churches, talks about us being joint heirs with Christ. How could that be, joint heirs with God's only begotten son? Uh, again, surely a reason for us to fully offer ourselves as accepted workmen and a reason for us to work at it with all our hearts because we know that who we're really serving is Christ. That's who we're serving. That's who we're serving when we do our homework. That's who we're serving when we're, even when we're resting. That's who we're serving. That's who we're serving when we're driving on the highway. That's who we're serving when we're talking with our friends. I think that's more of the full meaning of offering ourselves as that sacrifice. Okay, here we are again. All right, good. I don't know if uh, any of you watched a lot of the Winter Olympics. I know you were probably busy studying, so you didn't have time for TV. I know that. <clears throat> However, I was, I, I'm an Olympic addict, I think. Um, and uh, this is one of the scenes that I saw. I know the edge of the picture says 2014 Olympics, okay. But uh, same picture except maybe a little bit worse, because if you watched any of the cross-country skiing the last couple of days, the temperatures were, the actual temperatures were minus temperatures, below zero temperatures. There's snow blowing continuously across and in their faces. Um, and they got to the finish line. I don't know whether I never watched the finish of a race, uh, or, but this is what they looked like. They all fell down. They got across the finish line, and then that was it. Uh, to me, that's the meaning of the expression, uh, leaving it all on the field. Think about what you leave it all on the field for, in the sense of giving yourselves fully to God's work. What do we leave it all on the field for? And the idea of being a tested, proved, genuine workman, that's in this picture, because you don't get to be on the Olympic team unless you have met the standard unless you have competed in uh, world-class events and gotten certain scores, unless you have competed in the U.S. at the Olympic trials, for example. You don't get on the Olympic team, so you don't even get to be here unless you have been tested and approved. And you certainly don't do very well, or don't even get to be here, if you don't prepare. Uh, I was really impressed by some of the... Uh, news clips that they showed of uh, the woman bobsledder, Elena, I forget her last name now, who was diagnosed with COVID, was tested positive for COVID as soon as she got there and then spent, you know, the time in the hotel room. And here she is, you know, lifting weights, on the bicycle, doing, you know, whatever her training was in the hotel room. Um, if that's not preparation, I don't know what is. She continued her preparation despite the challenges that she had. And that's what gets them to this point. And then the urgency of leaving it all on the field. This was all they could do after they crossed the finish line. They couldn't even stand up. They just 
collapse there. Um, and then Paul talks about um, being unashamed. He talks to uh, Timothy earlier in the book about being unashamed of the gospel. He talks about being unashamed of his own suffering for the gospel, of his being in prison. Uh, I mentioned earlier, a, a lot of people just left him. As a matter of fact, we know uh, when um, Epaphroditus went to find him in Rome to help him in prison, he couldn't find him. Nobody knew where he was. Um, and so God calls on us to be unashamed. Why? Because we have the answer to God's power. We have the answer to what we as human beings need the most. And so for us to be unashamed just makes sense. And to know who we have believed in. Who is it that we're offering ourselves to? The sovereign God of the universe who controls everything um, and who has given everything for us. And he gives us, beyond asking us to offer ourselves to him, he gives us then what we need to be unashamed. And then the last part, correctly handling the word of truth. Again, I'm so glad that you all are here because you have an amazing opportunity to learn here how to correctly handle the word of truth. Uh, why was Paul concerned about this? Well, he had already had to deal with the Judaizers who, was, who were telling believers that they needed to follow the law also in order to be saved. Um, there were the folks that were telling people that the resurrection had already happened. Um, even at this early juncture of the church, there were so many false teachings. Um, and I'm sure I don't need to talk to you very long about the world that we're living in now. It's awful out there, <laughs> what's happening. And in terms of uh, the perversion of the truth, um, we have the truth. Uh, and we need to learn how to cut a level path or the vision of the farmer driving straight furrows. Uh, there's a good reason people don't let me run the tractor uh, when we're doing that, because, yeah. Uh, I ran the uh, fertilizer machine once for my dad, and we ended up with, you know, stripes and all kinds of beautiful shapes on the lawn. Um, it was a good way to get out of it, because he never let me do that again. However, that was not my original intention. So I put some pictures of tools up here. In order to do that straight line, um, we need to use the tools. We need to use the tools that God has graciously, graciously given us. He's given us hard copies of his word. Uh, he has spoken to us so that we don't have to you know, be ignorant of what it is that he wants us to do. I put the picture of the compass and the map, not thinking there were a lot of orienteering people here, but uh, knowing when I've taught classes in orienteering that um, it's all about the map. We like to play with this compass because it's kind of cool to give us the directions, but it's all about the map. Without the map, the compass is useless. Without the map, we don't even know if we're really going north. Because unless you know how to use the map, the compass is going to tell you something different than the map does. And that's all I need to say about orienteering. But I know that's enough for you to ask for them to put a class in and that here. Um, so, and what we're sharing with people, what we're handling correctly, is the word of truth, the gospel. 
the gospel accomplishes, because it's God's word, because he has spoken it, it accomplishes what he sends it for. Okay, bad grammar, but you get the idea. It's living and active. It's powerful. God's word is powerful, which is why Paul wants Timothy to correctly divide it. Uh, and yes, it's 35, and I'm just about done. Uh, and it's comprehensive. It's comprehensive. It's good for all of these things. Correcting, training in righteousness, rebuking, teaching, to thoroughly equip us for God's work and to allow us as offerings to correctly divide it for other folks. That's, to me, that's one of the most important things, again, about you being here. You have access to the tools and to folks who have immersed themselves uh, in God's word. Um, so what do we need to do in order to do that? We need to immerse ourselves in God's word. We need to meditate on it. Uh, we need to hide it in our hearts. That's what keeps us on track. And do what it says. You all are familiar with all these verses. Um, so, just a challenge for us to eagerly offer ourselves to God as our act of worship. If we're thankful for what he's done for us, let's not take it for granted. Let's give him the offering that he desires and the offering that he sacrificed himself for us to be able to give. Um, sharing God's word with integrity and fidelity, living it out in our own lives, giving it that fidelity to the folks that are looking at our lives uh, so that we have the opportunity then to share that with them. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for what you've done for us. You have spoken to us. You have spoken to us in your son. You have spoken to us through your word, uh, that we can have your word, that we can know what it is that you want us to know about who you are, who we are, and what we need to do uh, out of grateful hearts in offering ourselves to you and equipping ourselves to you, knowing that the offering we're making is to the sovereign God of the universe who sacrificed everything for us so that we could live. God, we're so thankful for that. I ask that you'd help these students uh, in their daily walk with you, that you would help them to offer themselves to you, knowing that that's the logical response of worship uh, in view of what you've done for us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much for your kind attention.